Welcome to the Chabad Around the World podcast. My name is Mandy Bressinger, and I'll be your host, taking you on an adventure every single week. Together, we'll fly out to remote places around the world to meet up with the Chabad emissaries, hear about their stories, their daily activities, and the inspiration that keeps them going on a daily basis. I grew up in uh, California. Anybody ever heard of Rancho Mirage? Or maybe more people would be more familiar with Palm Springs, uh, which is about two hours east of Los Angeles, well, southeast a bit. And uh, my father is a Chabad rabbi there. And uh, that's, that's, that's how I grew up. I grew up doing this. <laughs> and we would, we would you know, travel to school. We would stay there for a few nights a week in Los Angeles. And we'd go back home for Shabbos. Um, Incredible. Wow, we were actually, David, we were in Hollywood, uh, California, just last week. Uh, a friend of, a younger friend of ours, uh, Rabbi Partush, uh, is there now, probably after you left already. Uh, he, uh, so we were just in California. So that's incredible. So you grew up in California, but you didn't grow up in a, in a vibrant Jewish community that we think of when perhaps we think of California. You actually have to travel to school. That's incredible to, uh, to be in a, in, a, in, a Jewish, uh, in a Jewish school on a weekly basis. Yeah. What was your experience over your teen years in yeshivas? Where have you been? Uh, I spent most of my yeshiva years in Los Angeles. You know, right after I was there for school from the age of uh, nine. And then I continued on to the yeshiva when I was 13. And I stayed there till I was um, 19. And then I went to Brooklyn. We spent, I spent a year in the yeshiva in Brooklyn. And then they sent me uh, to help out a yeshiva in Russia, in Moscow. And I was there for a year. And then I came back to 770 to Brooklyn uh, to be, you know, close to the Rebbe until I got married. That's, uh, that's my yeshiva life. I, I spent uh, I spent some time uh, doing other, you know, uh, in the summers. So, you know, helping out other Chabad. So I was in Canada somewhere, uh, Winnipeg. I was in Winnipeg, and uh, I, I helped out somewhere in Florida, and uh, another another area in California. And I was I spent about five weeks uh, with my friend in Cambodia. We uh, replaced the, the Chabad rabbi over there. In Cambodia. Wow. Cambodia. Cambodia. Incredible. Incredible. You're, and you're... obviously after my wedding, uh, I spent a few months in, in Venezuela. That's uh, where my wife is from. I spent time by her parents. Wow. So you've done quite, the, quite a journey. You've been around, around the world. But what I took from, uh, from your brief history, and you are breaking up a little bit, David, so I'm not sure if there's something you can do about that, but I guess we'll, we'll understand you are in the future right now. For us, you live in the future, so it's a little bit uh, far out there. But uh, So you, you spent most of your years in California. Uh, California, you know, is, is, has a lot of things to offer for someone like us or, uh, or like you, a chassid growing up, and even if you had to travel a bit, but how did you end up in Kyoto, Japan, of all places, uh, a California boy now living in Kyoto, Japan. Um, so, I mean, you, you mentioned that a California boy now living in Kyoto, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm the same boy. 
and I, I'm doing pretty much the same thing. I, you know, where a Jew, wherever he is, uh, you know, he, he has he has what he needs. You know, uh, have God will travel. I guess it's the, it's the same God everywhere, and you do the same. So, so that's the first thing. So to me, it uh, it almost I was like you know, geographically, it wouldn't make a difference. If, if if there would be an opportunity or or, or a necessity uh, to to uh, to go open a chabad somewhere, uh, then you know then I would be ready to do it. And my, my mother-in-law's brother is the is the head chabad rabbi in in Japan in, in Tokyo, uh, and he wanted uh, that somebody should uh, come open a chabad in Kyoto. So. Uh, you know, I heard about that, and we looked into it a bit, and we said, "Okay, yeah, we'll do it. Nothing's too far. <laughs> nothing's, nothing's too different." That's it. That's how we ended up here. Incredible, incredible, uh, David. As you were talking in the beginning, somehow the way you situated your mouthpiece, it was perfect sound for for a few moments. So I don't know if you can readjust that, but that was that was great. But that's incredible. Have God will travel. That's your attitude, and it's really about. You make your circumstance. You make your environment. You know, so you're not affected. Or you're not influenced. But you rather you bring the influence with you. So whether you're in California, in Brooklyn, or or in Kyoto, Japan, you don't see it as any different. That's an incredible way of living, and uh, definitely hope that rubs off on me. That's that's beautiful. So tell us what's it like? What's life like in uh, Kyoto, Japan? Just give us a basic rundown of just what what's the street out? What's on the street out there? Is it is it a uh, are there UFOs flying around? What, what, what exactly is in Kyoto, Japan? Um, uh, one, of the, one of the visitors over here put it. He said, uh, um, Japan is very modern, but not at all Western. He said, you know, if you visit uh, Seoul, South Korea, then, then you're like, okay, I, you know, I could see this in San Francisco. But, uh, but if, you, if you come to Japan, it's like everything, you know, there's nothing... Uh, yeah, ancient about it. Well, besides for the ancient temples or whatever that they have here, uh, but it's a very modern society, but on totally different. Not not anything that anybody um, is used to, you know, uh, coming from the West. So yeah, people like to live uh, on small plots and small houses, you know, bunched up next to each other, and then they have like space in the middle. At least in Kyoto, there's space in the middle of the city, but they have vegetable patches and I don't know what the guard growing stuff. But you know, everyone lives near each other. There's no the houses are not built on on you know uh, you know a nice piece of land with a garden. Everyone has like a little tiny house. It's just uh, uh, the the language here hardly any English. Uh, very hard to get by with just English, which is pretty much where I'm holding right now. We're, we're learning Japanese, <laughs> but uh, take some time. Um, but very, very modern. Very, there's many things in Japan that are, uh, at least I'm not used to. A lot, a lot of paperwork. Uh, they're, they're very, you know, things have to be done a certain way. That it, it takes them a long time to change. When we arrived here, very few stores would you would be able to pay with a credit card. Uh, now almost all stores had a, you know a new initiative that they said you know we want to go cashless. So. So they started that, but very when we came, very few. This is two years ago. I'm talking about, you know, and very few stores were able to pay with a credit card. So, interesting. Uh, you know, interesting society. Very, very different. Interesting. 
your 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 mic is doing much better, and but you're still a little crackly. But we're we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. But we did pick up that uh, that the way of living is quite different. It's not Western, and yet it's very modern, and uh, kind of a first world country the way we understand it. And uh, so that's incredible. And you've been there for two years. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the Jewish history or what's, uh, what's of, I guess, Japan or whatever you can share with us of Japan in general uh, or specifically of your location in Kyoto, Japan. As we heard from Rabbi David, so do you hear me? I hear you. There we go. Okay. I see that the input, the input level is very low. I'm trying. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. How, how is that now? Much better. Much better. Is that better? Much yeah. better. Okay. So far. Okay. So far. All righty. There we have you now. Uh, All right. Maybe because we're going into the night, into, okay. into Monday. So maybe we're joining you in the future now. All righty. Right, and I just I just uh, checked the settings and I found out that I, <laughs> that it was uh, very low the input level. So okay, we all right. We're getting closer. So tell us a little bit more about the Jewish history of uh, of Japan or Kyoto specifically um, before you got there. What was the, what was there? What was the community like? Um, as as far as Kyoto, I mean. Uh, before we got here, after we got here, until we got here, in, in terms of a local, a cohesive local Jewish community, there's almost nothing. You don't have, a, there's not a lot of, a, you know, Jewish community. There's not, you know, Judaism is not out and about. You, know, you have, you have uh, some tens of thousands of Jewish visitors, perhaps more, that come through the city every year. Uh, it's a very, very popular tourist destination. But, um, uh, as far as the, you know, the locals here. So there's a, a handful of Jews. I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you any numbers. I got. I would estimate. I don't know, 150. Uh, originally, we we uh, and and that's it. Everyone, you know, not necessarily does anyone know the other one's Jewish. It's not. There's no. Uh, so that's part of what, you know what we what we do here. We're we're you know I have to individually find each and every Jew. <laughs> we try to bring them together as a community. Uh, you know, originally we, we arrived here and then they said, okay, you know, if we hit the ground running, they said, focus on, on the Jewish tourists and we were busy and there was stuff going on and, and oh, what's going on? We, we, we didn't have, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of time or energy to focus on, on, on finding and building the local community. Um, and then with COVID, we, we, we went to New York about a week before uh, everything went crazy and we got stuck there for quite a while and we, uh, uh, nine months or ten months we were in the u.s and we came back here and and we said oh, you know it's different there's no tourists anymore at all there's zero and uh, slowly you know finding it, the jews and connecting with them and uh, and you know showing them that potential and the the, uh, the amazing connection that every Jew has with Hashem, God. Yeah, each, each these are people that you know they're, they're living with. Then you know Judaism is not is not around them, so so you know, not necessarily always conscious of it. 
and uh, slowly, uh, you know, you gotta find them and let them know that it's still here. You know, it's the same God, also in Kyoto. Incredible. So the way what I understood again, David, you you are breaking up again. So I'm not sure if there's something in the settings you can do, but what what was what came across very clear is that you came first to focus more on the thousands you said of tourists, and then when COVID hit and there was no more tourists, so then you were able much more uh, to focus in on the actual Jewish people that are living in Kyoto, Japan. Just before we get on to the next question, I want to actually show everybody on the screen. I'm going to share the screen, something that we usually do at the beginning. Uh, here we have actually a map of Kyoto. Uh, do, you, do you know where your house is, David, over here? <laughs> if we zoomed in a little bit more. It's, it's, in, in, with, with, yeah, yeah, I got to zoom in a whole a lot, lot more. more. Within the red uh, boundaries uh, towards the south. Okay, gotcha. But we're just going to show this around. I'm just going to zoom out actually a little bit so people can get a little bit more of a understanding on the general map. Uh, you have Tokyo, that's probably a little bit more well known. And, uh, you know, Hiroshima, I guess, is also, uh, but Kyoto is there. And then if we zoom in a little bit more, this is where David is settled. Um, zoom in all the way in somewhere here. And uh, lots of there you go. Okay. So, David, can you tell us, uh, now that you're focusing more on the, on the uh, Jewish people of your community, where do, why, are, why are they there, if I can ask that, or how did they get there? Why, is, why are there Jewish people in Kyoto, Japan, of all places? How did they get there? When did the community start, or when did they start coming to live there? Uh, that, that's an excellent question. You know, why, why, would, uh, why would anyone be here? Uh, so there, there, a little bit, there is some, uh, you know, industries here, uh, tech stuff, uh, whatever, but mainly I would say there, there's uh, two types of people, you know, one is somebody that uh, is in a relationship with somebody from here and so ended up back here with their spouse or whatever, uh, and the other would be just people that came to Japan or were always uh, enamored with Japan. They came to Japan at you know, some point in early in their life and they just, they just couldn't leave and they, they wanted to find something new. And for someone that's you know really into Japan, Kyoto would probably be you know where they want where they would want to be. This is like the most Japan of anywhere in Japan. They are not 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 as far as it would be high tech that Japan is famous for, but more the culture that Japan is famous for. All the uh, the, um, you know, there's, over here, there's a lot of very famous uh, ancient temples and shrines. Or the, the seat of the imperial uh, family was here for know, uh, several centuries, and they still have, you know, the imperial palace over here. So it's a very traditional Japanese place. So and Kyoto. Holds, uh, that, that, that holds like a special uh, thing for people there too impressed with that so if you wanted to go to japan and really experience japanese culture kyoto is a place to be and i guess that talks to some people and that's how they end up over there that's incredible so that's really who you're dealing with uh in regards to the jewish people that are living there because as you said there are no tourists um but let's go let's backtrack a little bit when you did come when you first did come down and you were dealing primarily as you mentioned before with the tourists um what were the services? What was going on uh, that you were doing for them? And how did that change to now? And, and what are you servicing the, the, uh, the Jewish community or the 
Jewish individuals there now, um, what kind of services do you do? Do you have on a regular basis or in general? I mean, so with service, it's more, uh, it's people you know, coming through and the, 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 you know, there's, it's not long-term, you, you know, uh, people that are that are far away and they would they would love to have a feeling of Shabbos, you know. So you have them over Friday night. Uh, people that keep kosher, and which is uh, difficult uh, in Japan, uh, so we could provide for them. Uh, you know things like that. Uh, with the with the locals, you know, you would all obviously also have them for Shabbos because why wouldn't you? But you know to to. To have them over on a regular, you know, Wednesday afternoon to discuss just anything, uh, even not Judaism related, but particularly, you know, to discuss topics of Judaism or to study together. These, these, you know, so these are more things that you would do when you're, uh, when, you know, when you see someone more and you have a, a, a more of a, um, you know, a deeper relationship with them. Incredible. So you, you're just, you're there just for them in their space, what they need for. And that's incredible. That's really what we, you know, really what, what we're supposed to be doing. So that's good for you. And, and that the Jewish people of Kyoto have, have that availability is beautiful. So what, what does that mean? Let's go back. You said you, you offer kosher food in Japan. It's not so easy to eat kosher. What's the difficulties? And uh, actually, as I was messaging you just before this, you mentioned that you just finished cutting up a fish. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We don't do that here, or I don't at least. <laughs> so what exactly uh, is the difficulties and how do you get around them and, and, and offer your services in kosher food in Kyoto? Yeah, so if you live uh, in, in you know, a, a place that is a, a concentrated Jewish community or if you live close enough to one, so if you, if you literally live in a Jewish community, you just walk out to the corner store and you could you know, pick up a, you know, two pounds of ground chicken and, uh, and uh, you know, filet of fish or whatever, you know, you, and then you have uh, potato chips and uh, whatever you need from a store, from a grocery. Uh, over here, so there are, I can get potato chips because we have Costco and uh, that's a wonderful thing for somebody living so, so, so far away. We have Costco, so I get the different things you could get over there with the kosher certification i get i get some chips and snacks i get uh olives uh, uh what else <laughs> breakfast cereal there are different things that we get from costco so that that's good but um you know bread for example we make ourselves you know uh, flour Bread flour doesn't need a kosher certification. We just go and buy bread flour. We get, get eggs over here, and we, we make we make uh, we make bread. Uh, if we want fish, so fish, you know, it's pretty simple. What's kosher? You, you know, you, there's no you don't have to kill it a certain way. You just have to make sure that it isn't um, it hasn't been in contact with any non-kosher fish. And you also have to you know you know for certain that it that it is from a kosher fish. So I, I go, this morning I woke up at 5.20, whatever. I went out to the, 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 you know, the big wholesale fish market and I brought home one big salmon and uh, I had a picture and um, I can't screen share over here. A picture of cutting up the salmon. I'll give you it's not the, from today. It's from... Yeah, I'll give you the ability to screen share. 
There you go. Where is it? Okay. There. That's two years ago. <laughs> That's me filleting this salmon. Here, my son. And then we put it in a little piece like this. We put it in the freezer, and it, you know, we takes us a while to go through it. We so we have fish. We have other types of fish also. I actually just made uh, some herring so I could, uh, you know, I could have good for bringing. Um, Incredible. And uh, as far as as far as meat, so uh, so chicken. Yeah, I have a, a picture over here. That's uh, that's literally two days after I arrived. This is on Purim. We went Purim. We woke up out of the fossil 5 a.m. Drove out to this place together. Uh, that's the rabbi in in Kobe. Uh, and we we shechted a bunch of chickens. I'm, I'm a show because I learned from my father-in-law in Venezuela. Uh, and so that's every once in a while we go there, 100, 200 chickens. So we have some chicken. Uh, and sometimes we're able to bring in also, they're able to import uh, from the States. Uh, beef, we don't have yet, but uh, we'll see. There's a, a company actually just, uh, a meat processing plant just, uh, turn to the rabbi in Tokyo to find out what would it, what would it entail to make a kosher production. So we'll see how that how that works out. Um, but it's not you know it's not it's not you don't go to the store here you don't find many things that, with a kosher symbol. There are some uh, different imported products or whatever, but generally uh, even even uh, things that. Uh, you know, big companies they have you know special production from Japan. So you, you you don't have any way of knowing uh, if it if it's done differently in Japan. They have cereals here from Kellogg's or uh, different stuff like that. <laughs> we have some 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 common ground. We both have Kellogg cereal. All right, <laughs> but making my own fish and uh, slaughtering my own chickens that's definitely uh, we actually saw that with your brother-in-law with uh, Rabbi Raidport in Myanmar I guess you both learned from the same source that's incredible uh, you know from Venezuela you know now there's kosher chickens in Myanmar and in Kyoto that's pretty cool you never know where that uh, the ripple of that can go so do you actually service um, some kind of catering or just giving out or uh, do you service the community to have kosher fish will you actually uh, sell the fish that you make or your chicken or or how, how does that work if people are interested in Kyoto to get some kosher chicken uh, well ho hopefully there, there'll be more of a demand uh, as time goes on and and please God we will we will provide that but uh, you know, as of now, it's, it's mainly just tourists that, that, that would be interested in, uh, in such a service. <laughs> right. And there's no tourists right now. How is the situation now uh, in, in Japan? I understand it's, it's quite severe. And, uh, and uh, what's, what's, how is it around you? Um, you don't see much of a difference in, in, you know, at least in the streets near where I am. I would say the bus that I was on today was much emptier than it was, it was supposed to be, but um, I don't know. The, 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 every, we get these emails from the U.S. Embassy that tells us what's going on. They monitor the situation. So every 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 like few weeks they'll tell us, oh, the the cases are rising dramatically in you know in these in these areas, and uh, it's just a cycle. Everyone has the first wave and the second wave, and maybe the third wave over here it's like four or five. Uh, it's like, uh, it keeps going. <laughs> And it started earlier also, uh, 
because they had the, the, that, that cruise ship that had all those 700 sick passengers. Wow, that was around you, right, right. And uh, wow, and th- how does that affect your community specifically or the way you service? Is there anything specific or you were just trying to stay afloat and move along as much as you could? I mean, the p- people here, you know, you have some people are more cautious than others, just like in any, in, in any place. Um, so, you know, not necessarily a lot of in-person things happening. You, if it is, it's you know, more one-on-one. And, you know, who, who, people who are comfortable with it. Um, right. That's it. Right. And you mentioned you go on the, you went on the bus today. I could just imagine you going on a bus in Kyoto, Japan. It's pretty uh, like a scene from a movie or something. I don't know. But how, how do you feel walking around? I can't imagine you have any makeshift beard. I, I guess it stays on your chin and, you know, you walk in the, your hat and jacket. So how does it feel to walk around? Are you the only one that looks like that in your... You, saw, you showed us a picture of the uh, other Chabad Shliach in, in, in Kobe. And did I say that right? Kobe. Kobe. Okay. And, uh, and I Kobe. understand there's another Chabad emissary in Tokyo. But what, what kind, do you get steers going down the street? or What's the uh, general uh, feeling that you get from the people that you live amongst? Um, you know, for starters, another thing about the Japanese society is that I don't think I don't to them. I don't think I'm that much more of a novelty than anybody from outside of Japan. They 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 look at foreigners as as a as a as aliens from outer space. They, they, um, I, I, it's interesting. I didn't notice yesterday. I went out with my family. They were walking in there. Like four kids, like you know, middle school age kids, and they're standing there. And as we walked by, my wife's like, "Yeah, they're talking about us." <laughs> Like no. I could imagine you could. Otherwise, I don't know. Otherwise, it's just you know. Otherwise, it's it's not you know nothing more than any other foreigner. Mm-hmm. And in general, what's the what's the uh, relationship that you have with the locals, uh, with the government officials? Uh, how is it, is there anti-Semitism that's prevalent, or or is that non-existent, or what's how does that how do you feel uh, safety-wise as a, as a visible Jew? Uh, as far as anti-Semitism, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that it exists at all um, in Japan. It's not. It's not. Not something that I've seen. That definitely. Um, as far as uh, incidents, so Japan is very low crime, or at least the violent crime, uh, or or uh, you know robbery. Not none of that. So very very uh, conf- uh, I say con- conforming society. Everybody. Uh, Know, every, there's you know everyone's obeying and everyone's doing the right thing so there's very little crime in general so uh, things are quiet here you know but I haven't seen uh, a lot of people don't even know that Jews exist or what they are and then you have uh, uh, then there's this a lot of people here that very they, they do know about Jews and they love it and they, they think it's the greatest thing and you have these there's many Japanese here that actually speak Hebrew uh, Really, just uh, <laughs> out of out of their love for 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 the Jewish people. That's incredible. So you've actually had dialogue with Japanese people in Hebrew around you. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I had, but uh, but it, it does exist. <laughs> it does exist. Incredible, incredible. And you're picking up on your Japanese as well. So one day you'll be able to. Uh, that's really cool. Um, 
you mentioned that you went out on a walk with your family. Well, how many children do you have? Can I know how to? Uh, can I know how to? We have two. Two can I know how to? Three. My daughter will be two in Mitzvah Hashem in another few months. Beautiful. Can I know how to? Should have lots of nachas and only lots of brachis from them. And how does how does it feel to raise? Uh, Hasidic children in, in Kyoto. What's your, I guess now education is not necessarily such a, uh, a you know, a big deal, but eventually down the line, what's your plans on, on education and, uh, and uh, how do you plan on dealing with that? Um, well, as far as schooling, you know, thank God is a, a great school online uh, over the internet for the children of, you know, the Shluchim and Chabad rabbis all over the world. Uh, it, it would be later in the day because it runs uh, as of, right now the way it is that it runs in you know Israeli time zone. So 8 a.m. In, in Israel would be 4 p.m. over here, uh, but uh, <laughs> but it works as far as schooling goes, and uh, and as far as you know that they're not in a in a in a Jewish surrounding in a way um, in a way it's it's a, it's a stronger lesson for them uh, in. You know that Judaism is not something we do because of social pressure. It's, it's something real that's everywhere. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, and uh, that's an incredible. If if you're if they have such parents, and I'm sure they're uh, on the right path. That's incredible. And so you mentioned about the there's this online school, and uh, we heard about that from a few different places we visited. That uh, there's a, there's that program that they have a, a school online that's completely and actually when. COVID hit, uh, so many schools were seeking advice from this online school, which has been online for quite a few years already to try to figure out how they do it and to make it work because when many schools went online themselves last year. So that's your plan, but with the time zoning, that would be quite a, quite a feat to, to manage. Um, incredible. So you have plans and you're okay with that and you're gonna build strong, proud Jews in Kyoto, Japan, that's incredible. David, can you end us off with a uh, with before we get to the questions? There's a few questions here on the chat, and and perhaps some people want to ask questions from the uh, on their own mics, and we'll open up that after we go through the chat. But uh, one story that sticks out in your mind that you can share with us on the power of one solitary mitzvah uh, or the ripple effect, because we love to hear about those. Uh, we're very into that here. We love to take on a mitzvah and see the ripple effect. It's incredible to watch it here in Montreal. We always like to get some. Uh, so, some encouragement from around the world. So any one story that you can share with us, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't know if I can think of something because, you know, I, I, um, I, I don't have my eyes open to these things as, as, as I should, but, uh, you know, something that people might find interesting, there was a, there was a woman who had messaged me. Uh, she lives in, uh, in Nashville, uh, where my father grew up. Uh, my father was born and raised in Nashville. Uh, his father was a rabbi there. And she said that she had known, uh, she's, she's originally from uh, Yokohama, from the Tokyo area, and she, uh, she lives now in Asheville, and she had known my grandfather, and uh, he had, you know, he had been a part of her family's life, uh, and she, she would like to meet me because, you know, it's, it's, his, uh, it's his grandson living in Japan, so she, she was here visiting her parents, and she brought them down uh, to Kyoto to look at the... Um, the autumn colors it's a Kyoto. one of the things that Kyoto was famous for uh and uh, and she in the evening she came out over here and as we're talking she says oh and my son uh, actually uh, became jewish he became you know, fully religious and he 
he's married to uh, uh what's the rabbi's name and she says she says that thing where the rabbi lives but it turns out that that rabbi is my wife's uh my wife's grandfather's first cousin so <laughs> it's, it's just a small world incredible incredible the small world from nashville tennessee that's incredible your grandfather was a very uh very big uh, chabad rabbi in nashville tennessee rabbi zalman uh posner uh, was a lecturer wrote many books and the, quite an extraordinary figure in the Chabad uh, circles. And now his, you're, you are carrying on his legacy in Kyoto, Japan. Incredible. Well, David, this was an incredible stop in, uh, in Kyoto, Japan.